This podcast acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land on which we record, the Rwandri Woiwurrung people. We also acknowledge the neighbouring Kulin Nation groups, the Bunwurrung and Bunurong people, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. We also extend that respect to any other Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities who may be listening today. Hello everyone and welcome to another fabulous episode of Glitter and Gold, the Original Steps podcast and the last episode for 2023. We are the first podcast dedicated to discussing the legacy of Steps, the UK's biggest mixed gender pop group of all time. I am your host Scott and I'm joined by my two festive elves. He can light up the world and make you overjoyed. (laughs) It's Shane and he knows that history is made oh. at night. It's Brad. Made at night, made at 3 in the morning. Anytime's a good time. How are you both? It has been a hot damn minute since the three of us have actually been on the same call. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, busy as hell as this time of the year. You know how it, you know what it's like, Scott and Brad. It's like, but I feel like I'm barreling towards Christmas. It's the 28th of November today and I'm like... Um, where did the month go? I know. <laughs> I know. Right? I know. Um, doesn't feel like Christmas, but I always say that every year as you get older, I think. Um, so, yeah. Well, hopefully this will get you in the festive spirit as well. We have made it to the end of the first year of the podcast because this is the last episode for 2023. This is our 15th episode. Very impressive. I for can't quite believe that we... <laughs> Yeah, I can't can't believe that we uh, made it. What has been your favourite episode that we've recorded this year? My favourite episode for this year, outside of the Steve Anderson interview, because that was a fucking pinch-me moment, fever dream, but of our standard episodes that are non-interview episodes, um, the top five. Yeah. Did I steal someone? Sorry. (laughs) You you did, but I totally agree with you. The top five was good. I really liked it. And I liked that we didn't tell each other what our top fives were and then we got to talk about it. And I think it generated quite a bit of conversation within our fan base uh, and those who listen to the pod about what their top five was and so forth. So, hmm. That's mine. I'm going to have to go the Lately episode. Of course. Yes, of course. That was because we talk a lot about, you know, our childhoods and kind of how Steps were the soundtrack to big moments in our lives. And it was a really special moment for me to kind of share something a little bit not so happy in Steps slash Brad World with you both. Because the Lately episode and Lately in 2003 came out in a bit of a tumultuous time for myself. But it was really nice. I also really loved the uh, the I'm doing a Shane and having multiple favourites. Uh, it should have been a single. I love that. Part one, part two. And Scott, when you quiz me about Hard to Forget, I'll always stand a moment where I get to talk up that song. For me, I am going to agree with Shane. Top five episode for a few reasons. But I, I just, I remember after we recorded that episode, that was the one where I felt like we were finding our groove. And I remember we, I think you and I, Shane, maybe we said that, like, in a, afterwards, or I don't know, we, I, I just felt like, oh, I felt like we're getting this now. Because you know what? Starting a podcast is not easy. No. None of us had done it before. 
we, you know, we were trying to find our groove as a three. And I felt like a few episodes in by the time we did that, I think that was our fourth episode. We really, or fourth or fifth, but I, I feel like by then we really found the groove and I, and it was just, it was really fun to record. Um, and then, but same with you, Brad, also the, the, the should have been a singles episodes, which are actually two of the, they're some of our biggest downloaded. So thank you to everyone for, you know, listening to those and really responding well to those. But again, it sparked conversation within the community. So I love that. And before we get into the steps news, I just wanted to say, obviously we had the Steve Anderson interview last month. I just, the biggest thank you A to Steve for again, coming on the podcast and chatting to us, to him for supporting the episode and promoting it on socials like so much but thank you biggest thank you to Claire who was such a supporter of that episode she listened to that episode and in that episode we talked about the moment that Steve played Claire the trouser enthusiast mix of Summer Night City and talked about it just you know that they just all went mental in a rehearsal studio claire listened to the episode found the footage and posted it online and gave us an, a massive shout out and love and we are so grateful and i love that she had that footage so just a huge thank you to claire as well for being such a supporter of the podcast um and the episode that episode got more um people that i know in my life who may have listened to us at the start who have dropped off a little bit or whatever back to listening to us again um, because of the content and just I think because of the guests that we had on as well and, and lots of good feedback everywhere with that one as well So I'm yeah. really looking forward to doing more of those kind of you know chats interviews next year yeah we are definitely in- entering our interview era I mean this is the first episode in about three months where it's just us we've had Steve we had two episodes with Gavin Scott from chart beats and smash hits magazine so you know we're definitely next year we have a lot planned for more guests shall we get into some news let's do it let's get into some news let's talk about some steps news so recently claire um you would have seen those who are i don't know gay the gays (laughs) so 95% of our listeners yeah 95% of our listeners would have seen the lineup for Marty Hoopla, and Claire's been announced uh, as part of that lineup for the Saturday 1st of June show, uh, along with many other acts, our Delta being one of them, and the Veronicas as well, some Aussie uh, acts there. I'm most excited about V, the reunion of the boy band V. That is. Tim Sims. <laughs> Tim Sims. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know them either. Oh. <laughs> on is that a, is that a double Tim Sims moment for you and I yeah. got there? Amazing, yeah. love it. Although in saying that though, Brad, I will say this: some some you know friends of the pod slash people I know in the UK were very excited as well about V posting. Oh my god, V! And I was like, what V? Don't the energy drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the energy drink. <laughs> H and Claire have also um, been announced for Greg's Presents the Festive Rewind Bake <laughs> in the Naughties event on 15th of December. Read that when you're drunk. Uh, and hopefully we'll get a half a heart or all out of love performance from both of them, I reckon. So Claire's going to do some solo numbers and H is going to do a DJ set, but I reckon we'll at least we'll at least get DJ and we're hoping for half a heart and all out of love. Steps told us earlier this year that Brighton Pride was their only UK performance this year. Well, that was a lie um, because they did reunite for a one-off corporate gig at Asda's Tickled Pink Gala Ball on the no- November 16. 
Um, but the thing is with that ball, I found out, is you never find out who the headline is until the day of, pretty much. So, And I guess technically it's a corporate gig, it's not a public gig. So it, okay, yeah. they were technically right. They had new outfits, black with pops of pink. There was a 10-track set similar to Brighton Pride, but cut down with Tragedy back in its position as the final song. And we have to talk about Lisa's hair. I love the hair. We have hair. to talk about Lisa's hair. We you have are. to. Okay. I am frothing. Okay. Frothing at the bits to talk about Lisa's hair. Can we just say, Lisa, if you're listening, our group chat is at the moment, Brad or me, actually, because I was, I said, Lisa is just looking absolutely fucking incredible at the moment, but uh, loving her hair extensions. So we've had love conversations it. at length in the group chat about how much we love her hair extensions. That might sound weird to some people. I don't, but it's a topic of conversation in the group chat. I don't know if I can say this word. She is looking snatched. She has been hitting the gym. She is yeah, like... You can say that word. She's looking snatched. She is like... She is wearing those um, beautiful uh, dresses at the moment in all of her Instagram stories. She is... For the Formula One at the moment in Abu Dhabi, I think. She's been hanging out there. She's rocking the Lately Era weave hair extensions. Lisa, I am obsessed. It is everything I've wanted for 20 years. But it's the 2023 version. It's the 2023 version of those weaves. So it's, yes. you know. That and Burnt Out and Falling, my year is complete. Speaking of uh, Lisa and Faye, they both had their birthday last month in November. So another big happy birthday for the girls for last month. We've also had lots of anniversaries last month. So 5678 turned 26, Heartbeat Tragedy turned 25, All Out of Love, Another You, Another Me, and The Last Dance all turned 21, Light Up the World turned 11, What the Future Holds turned 3, and 100 Years of Winter turned 2. So lots of anniversaries there. Before we get into all the festive cheer of this episode, we have a very special voice note from one of the stars of the forthcoming Steps tribute show, 5678 The Steps Experience. With over 20 dates so far booked for 2024, they will be coming to a theatre near you all over the UK so you can still get your Steps fixed while the group are on hiatus. So let's cross to one of the stars of the show, Benny, or should I say H, to tell us all about it and where you can get your tickets. Hello, it's H from 5678 The Steps Experience here. Now, I want to talk to all of the listeners at Glitter and Gold Podcast. We are a high-energy tribute to Steps, and we're going on tour in 2024 and beyond all around the UK. So if you want your Steps fixed before they come back in 2027, please come and see us. We perform 22 of their top hits, we faithfully recreate the slick choreo of the 90s and the noughties and we sing in flawless five-part harmonies and none of the vocals are pre-recorded and every show is going to be like a concert we have five large led screens we have wristbands for the audience so they can light up with the light show it's going to be amazing so to find your nearest venue go to 5678.showplanner.com that's 5678.showplanner, that's show, P-L-A-N-R.com. Go get your tickets, dress up in your 90s costumes, wear cowboy hats, and we'll see you there. Thank you, Benny, or should I say thank you, H. And as he said, if you want to get your tickets, go to 5678.showplanner, that's show, P-L-A-N-R, without the E, dot com forward slash tickets. 
to get all the tickets and all the dates are on there and you can go and get your steps fixed in 2024. Uh, Shane, should we uh, get into the festive spirit and talk about what we are doing this episode? It's Christmas. It's that time of the year. We're getting festive. So for this episode, we're focusing on the band's Christmas tours, specials, and of course, Light Up the World album. Uh, So in the first couple of years of the group... The band did their fair share of Christmas-related interviews and photo shoots, but the first big Christmas-specific thing they did was their Steps Into Christmas tour. And I think, Brad, you're probably the best person poised to talk about that. So I'm going to pass it over to you. Yeah, so I do have a soft spot for this tour because they it's, it's kind of it's basically the only tour that they never released and there's no proper footage of as many Steps fans have complained about over the years. So it was first announced during the band's Steptacular tour in May 2000, and it formed part of an eye-watering 64 arena dates that they did in the year 2000 alone. It was part of the 1 million tickets that they sold within their first two years. Incredible. It had the iconic opening with the band As Dolls doing Tragedy, and it was the first tour it has not been in the encore before this year's Brighton Pride performance. The only footage we have from the show is It's the Way You Make Me Feel. And that's because Blue Peter's presenter Matt Baker was given the assignment to learn the dance routine and do the performance with them one night of the tour. So we do have that footage, footage online. This is it. We've got two minutes on this little section. And then we're ready. Well, we're going now. Yep, yep. We haven't got two minutes. I haven't done it with the fans. I haven't done This is the first time I've seen the costume. This is great. I'm feeling unbelievable. I don't know if I'm so nervous or if I just can't wait to get out there, but this is unbelievable. We're off. See ya. We also have some low-quality audio of the live parts of the show, which is on YouTube as well. Now, Lisa did a brilliant performance of Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas Is You that, again, I'd love to see because I believe that she came up on a music box. Oh, my God, stop. Did she? I've, I've not heard I'm that. pretty that's sure crazy. that's what she, she did. did to see that. Of course she did. Of course she did. She <laughs> understands the assignment. She always understands the assignment in her, you know, blue... Speaking of extensions, her long blue and black hair extensions. And it was also <laughs> the first performance we ever got of Here and Now. There's a there's a really, obviously, Claire's book that we refer to often, the Holy Bible uh, of Steps history up to about tw- 2012. Uh, Claire did speak a little bit about this tour. And in the book, she said, In the autumn, we were planning for our Steps into Christmas arena tour, which kicked off in November. We had a few smaller warm-up shows beforehand and things didn't get off to a good start. We had this awful stylist who turned up at our first gig in Butlin's Minehead with rolls of fabric in the back of her van instead of costumes. So we had nothing to wear. We were all running around desperately trying to cobble together stage outfits because we were in the middle of nowhere and couldn't buy anything. It was shambles. My mum and two aunties were sewing costumes together to help the stylist and the dressmaker. For the arena shows in Sheffield, I went shopping and bought the dancers loads of clothes as well as my own outfits for the tour while they were still making costumes in the corridor. It was like a panto. Even the set was like a panto, a big castle with steps coming down from it. It was awful. I definitely feel like there's like a, a theme with this show whenever, because this is the only tour, apart, obviously the first theatre tour was never really filmed, but 
this is the first, the only arena tour that's never been filmed. And I almost feel like, you know, I, th- I think we said before, H ha- always says that he has a copy of this tour. And I do wonder if they have kept it from us because it maybe just wasn't that good. It definitely felt like there was a lot going on in 2000 when you think about it. So they'd only, they'd done the arena tour in end of 99 an arena tour in the beginning of like sort of may 2000 then did another arena tour there were probably there was so much going on that they had probably no time to rehearse and it probably was a little bit like a panto where they were just rushing around and you know probably a lot going on so i i I would love to see this tour but i do i do feel like it probably was a little bit low-key than some of the others. So the official line about why this tour wasn't released is because it was too festive themed and they didn't think that a year later fa- fans would want to buy it. I saw that on, I believe that was Jen Steps. So I get it, but I still really, like they they say it's awful. They say it's panto. It sounds just, it sounds camp. That's Steps. I was just about to say the same thing. I was like, the fact that Claire's been describing it as a bit panto with a big castle with Steps coming down, like, that sounds so bad it's good that I want to see it. (laughs) Camp as hell. And Steps have always been a little bit, you know, crafty. Like, I know that H used to do some of the set designs. He did a little bit for uh, the first arena tour. He also designed their logo. Did you know that? No. Mm. Did he? Hey. Yeah, H designed the Steps logo. Mm. Well, he is a brilliant artist in his own right, of course. Mm. There you go. Yeah, he posted something on Instagram, like, oh, God, maybe last year. He found some of the old um, original designs that he did that incorporated and became the logo that we have today. My mm. point is, H, release the footage. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But you know what? That The, the uh, audio of some of the tracks that were performed there on YouTube. We'll provide the links and I'm sure let's, I want to definitely insert uh, a clip of Lisa singing. All I want for Christmas is you here. What I love is it's the only, because this was the tour where, you know, H performed Learn to Love Again. Faye performed the original version of If You Believe, not the kind of updated kind of garage R&B mix that she did on the, the next tour. Claire performed In It For Love, which was obviously the B-side and it's the way it made me feel. Uh, what did Lee perform? Lee did Turn Around. Turn Around? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, only tour where some of those tracks were ever performed um it would be nice to see them but there is some low quality clips on youtube that we will share the links to you can have have a search and you can find them i do like the uh the images that we have seen of the bands in the uh because this was around the time that the dolls were out so they they're um you know in life-size doll um boxes 
Um, that looks also very camp and very panto. So around the same time, Steps recorded a cover of Slade's Merry Christmas, Everybody. And that was for the 2000 holiday compilation Platinum Christmas. I froth this, I froth this cover when it came out. Like I, yeah, I love this cover. I don't think like general fans realize like how big this cover is. It's actually got 16.5 million streams on Spotify which makes it one of the top five most streamed tracks. Now, admittedly, a lot of that is because of it's on a lot of Christmas compilations, so it doesn't necessarily always come up under Steps' name. But when you look at the actual, like, the, the track data, it's up there. Look, when you do a Christmas cover and you do it correctly, which we will get into shortly, uh, having... Some Christmas music on your streaming is always a good idea for artists because usually that really gives artists a big boost over this time of year. So Merry Christmas, everybody, to me is like the perfect cover for Steps. It, they like, like you say, Shane, they Stepsified it and it was it incorporates who they are. It's upbeat, it's fun, and it's a little cheesy, but it works. Mm. Unlike some other Christmas songs that we'll talk about soon. So there are a couple of things that I've picked up on doing the research for this episode that I don't even know whether you guys realised before tonight. So even though there's a recorded version of the song, but then when the band performed it live in 2000, they actually switched up the vocals of who did what. So the line... I don't know how to do it besides singing it. So the third verse... Please, please sing it. Are you? Sh- oh, no. oh, you nearly got me. You nearly got me. <laughs> Do you want me to sing it, Brad? Oh yes. Okay. So what am I? Here singing? we go. Australian Idol, twenty twenty three. Let's right. go. I don't even know what that line is. Are, Are you, you sure? sure you've got the room? Oh, you're gonna use that no, bit. No, no, Damn right. it. <laughs> Are you sure you've got the room to spare inside? Thank Ooh. you, Scott. In the original, Lee sings that, doesn't he? No, so in the original, Claire sings it, but it was sung by H on uh, their 2000 tour. And then in 2012, when they did it again, they just did it based on the recorded version. But in the live performances from 2000s, H sang that live. Sometimes it went up, sometimes it went low. And uh, also, the third verse was sung by Claire live, but it was recorded by Faye. Can I just say, Brad, like, you did the notes for this. Like, I would not have noticed this at all. Like, good on you. I never I never realised this. Uh, lastly, uh, the WIP mix features on The Last Dance and the expanded edition of Gold. And that also has different vocals with Faye more pronounced on the first verse. So, do you guys even notice there's a difference? I'm going to have to go back and listen to this because I, I, I know... Okay, I did know there was a difference between the work in progress mix and the original mix on the Platinum Christmas but I didn't know about the other stuff in between. Uh, but I I mean, also that performance they did on Live and Kicking, the live performance is incredible. Yes. We'll insert a clip here. I need to go back and watch all of this because I've seen them, but I haven't seen them for very long. And kind of like my notes about Light Up the World when we get to that 
is some of these Christmas things I haven't watched for almost a decade. So, um, or a while, because I'm just not, uh, I'm a Grinch a little bit. That episode of Live and Kicking actually has a very iconic moment where one of the presenters at nine o'clock in the morning on children's TV decided to ask Faye whether she had nipple piercings. And Faye quite rightly puts him in his place and being like, uh, this is not the right time or place. Okay, we're inserting that sound clip. We're inserting that sound clip, please. That has to happen on the podcast. Is, is it true? For example, if I held a magnet around here, would... <laughs> I, I'd answer that Don't thing. answer! It's children's TV and I don't think you should be asking questions. Right. Well done, girl! Yeah, she's like, I am not here for this. I am here to do Merry Christmas, everybody. I am singing live. Especially on children's TV. He asked about it twice. So they did like a segment where they had like a big boxing glove and it was like talk to the hand. So you could choose not to answer Mm. a question. And so Claire was in the hot seat and the presenter, I don't know the guy's name. It was a male. And he asked her, he asked her about Faye and she was like, nah, talk to the hand. And then he asked Faye again directly right before they were performing. And again, Faye is an icon. She is the moment. She was like, I am not doing this now. It is no one's business. Amen, Faye. What are your thoughts on Merry Christmas, everybody, Brad? My favorite bit on both versions is Lisa's What Will Your Daddy Do When She Sees Your Mama Kissing Santa Claus. Lisa, queen of the middle eight. She sells me every time. What? Steps have steps suffered it. I prefer this version over any other version I've really heard. Um, and and it's fun, but it only comes out for one month a year and then it goes back into its box. <laughs> in my in my instance, do you know what I mean? Like, um, but I, I will listen to it occasionally across the the Christmas period, and I'll add it to stories on Instagram if I'm sharing something Christmassy and. Definitely more this song than any of the other Christmas ones they released, that's for sure. Where does it rank in your list between like that, Wham, Last Christmas and Mariah? I would choose the other two before I would listen to Merry Christmas. So like if I had to rate them out of three, you'd probably have Wham first, then Mariah, then Steps in that in, in that order. And that's not because, you know, it's just because I just think those songs are better as songs. It's not, you know... I, I'm very loyal to Steps, don't get me wrong, but they don't just get a number one place because I'm loyal to them. Like, the content is got to be up there. Shane, I thought we were going to spend the next half an hour with you just praising Light of the World. I'm in shock. <laughs> I, have, I, have lots, I have lots of praise for it, and I also have some non She's got notes, she has notes. No, I've got notes. I've got notes. Okay, we won't delay. Sorry, Scott, did you have any um, thoughts and feelings? Look, I I, re- I said I really enjoy this during Christmas time. I do remember when it came out and not being able to physically have it have it because I don't think the album was released here. The platinum, uh, what is it, platinum Christmas? <laughs> platinum Christmas. This, it's so confusing because of the platinum connect collection. Platinum collection. Yeah. I know. Uh, wasn't released here, but I remember having the illegal MP3 all those years and listening to it. But you know, I just like I just again. If you're going to do Christmas as an artist and you're going to record a Christmas song or do a Christmas album, it still, I think, has to be true to who you are as an artist. And this cover is true to who Steps are. 
So we do have one more thing to cover before we go there. Uh, in <laughs> 2001, Steps did a special with Channel 5 called Steptacular Christmas, which is on YouTube. And I very much doubt Scott or Shane have watched it in the last half an hour. No, I have what oh. I have watched it quite a number. I actually have watched this a f- quite a few times. I watched it maybe oh, a few months ago. Okay, so it's got it does have a few kind of fun little moments like H recreated Phaser Edition for the band. They did a little Christmas shopping in Glasgow. They have, there's a little bit of footage of the band performing in Oman. Uh, they dug into the band's romantic lives. I think, look, the most interesting thing about it for me watching it back is looking for hints that the band things weren't all groovy because uh, I couldn't think of a better word. No, I think they were very, you know, you what I yeah, probably the same as you and I think a lot of listeners if you watch things from around that time, you know, you uh, you know, we're curious. Of course, you, you we now we know what what was going on at the time. You of course, you kind of want to look for things. I definitely you could tell in moments but not really, but I think they were professional. And um, it's, a, it's a fun little documentary, actually. It follows them around, obviously, during their gold uh, arena tour. And I think they're in Glasgow, right? Did you say? Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's cute. It's fun. You know, it's nice little, if you want little cr- extra Christmas festive, getting the Christmas festive spirit, give it a watch. For over four years, Steps have been one of our biggest pop acts. As they take a break from their Christmas tour, we join the guys in Glasgow to discover the truth about life as Britain's most famous pop band. Tonight, we get up close and personal in an exclusive interview with Faye, Lisa, H, Claire and Lee. And what do you give the band who has everything? Find out as we get down to some serious Christmas shopping. Plus, We'll be bringing you the highlights of some of the band's greatest ever live performances. But first, I caught up with them for a spot of breakfast. So, guys, I think it's time we talk about the elephant in the room. And we're going to start with... Look, so can I just say, I wanted to do a whole episode just on this whole era. And the boys vetoed it and said we can just, like, be part of... A Christmas episode. So I'm like, okay, I, I got my way in a little bit. We at least we're talking about it, but I might persuade them for next Christmas. We can do a bigger, deeper dive. We'll see. So before we talk about the album, we will talk about the single. So as we all know, Step split up in 2001, got back together for the reunion tour in 2011 and 2012. After the success of the Ultimate Collection and the reunion tour, there was suggestions to the band from their management at the time um, to do a potential Christmas album, or as Steps like to call this, a Winter Warmers album. <laughs> winter Warmers. Winter Warmers. Sounds so, like a meal. Sounds I like know. a diet meal. Sounds like a, like a nice warm soup or something. Released on 19th of October 2012, the first original Steps single in over 10 years, Light Up the World. It debuted and peaked at number 82 on the UK singles chart and number 6 on the UK indie chart. As I said before, this was first speculated during the fifth episode of Steps on the Road Again, where the band considered pop Christmas songs like Mariah Carey 
Also, songs that were big at Christmas, like Stay Another Day by E17, as an example. The era was officially announced on September 24th, 2012, and it was the first official Steps single in 11 years at that point. And the track saw the group reunited with long-term collaborators Topman and Twig, uh, promoted with a lyric video. We didn't get an official music video for this, unfortunately, uh, but majority of promotion focus went towards the album. This track had mixed fan reception, but people, including myself, love the Seventh Heaven remix, which features elements of tragedy towards the middle eight. This track and the album definitely are usually quite... I guess, erased in Steps history when we talk about Steps in a 2023 lens. But Lee does seem to be the only one who is a bit of a fan of the song. And in a game of repeat, shuffle and delete on a podcast with The Sun, I believe, in 2017 during promotion for Tears on the Dance Floor, Lee actually said he quite liked the song and would choose to delete um, Story of a Heart and keep Light Up the World, saying, I like Light Up the World. I think it's a beautiful song. to this album and obviously this track today for the first time in a long time and I hadn't read all of the notes, I had actually read any of the notes I read after, closer to when we were meeting up and some of the notes that you just said then I wrote down exactly the same things like literally like um, I think the, it's the most well, we'll get more into the album, but it's the, it's the most step-sounding Christmas song outside of the cover of Merry Christmas, Everybody That I've Ever Heard. Um, and that's also re- reflective of what's on the album. The Seventh Heaven remix is a banger, <laughs> and I actually really like it. And I wrote, loving the chord progression for the seamless mixing of tragedy into it at the clubs, because I've written, it, it has those tragedy features in there that you could literally just play that at the club, which they would have done at like December time, maybe not because it peaked at 82, but they were potentially thinking of maybe, oh, we can play this at the club. And then it leads into tragedy as well. And so you can have two steps, two step songs at the same time. It's a bit more of a mature sounding song along with the rest of that album, which we'll talk about. Um, And I like the way the vocal arrangement is done on it because it's the first, like, and also it's the first, the same note about the first song in 11 years step. It's the first new piece of music. So that in itself was really big for me because I was like, Oh my God, it's a brand new, brand new song at steps. It's not, it's not a, it's not dancing queen, a cover. It's, it's a brand new piece of music. Um, I just, for me personally, I just wish it wasn't a Christmas song because <laughs> I was just like, come on, why does it have to be Christmas? But yeah. That's what I have to say about that. What I like about Light Up the World. Hmm. Silence. Tumbleweed. <laughs> <laughs> the actual context behind the song, I think that is a big part in all this, is that Dancing Queen wasn't necessarily very well liked. 
And so the band at this point needed to take a step back and try something different because they went for the obvious thing and it didn't seem to work at that point in time. And I think there's lots of reasons why Dancing Queen wasn't the right song. But I think Light Up The World was a reaction to that. And I think the song itself, like, I'm really, really struggling. It's it's okay. Like, it's a pleasant... I'm going to go, I'm gonna go <laughs> I there. I was waiting. It's a pleasant it, song. It is pleasant. It is not one that I would go back to. I'm going to remind you both that this is the one single that the band did not mention at all during the Platinum Collection. In terms of, yeah. they did all the, you know, fan favorites, the bloody, the radio only songs. This one was not mentioned. So I feel like the band may low key, besides Lee, Lee likes Light of the World. Fair enough. I think the band kind of agree with me here that it's not necessarily what people want steps to be. It's not, Shane, I'm going to bring up a quote that you mentioned, um, God, when... Whenever we did an episode that wasn't about like Steptacular um, or the Steps album, I just want bops. That's all I wanted. I just wanted a bop. And the live the the remix was, but yeah. Scott, what are your thoughts? Look, I think a lot of what I want to say, I want to talk about when we talk about the album in a sec. But I think I think there was a few. It's really interesting to actually look back at this era. What eleven years later. Because I think there was a few reasons as to why this era happened. I think firstly, they had really bad management, something, and we should preference it wasn't fascination. Fascination would be smarter than this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think, and the band have kind of hinted over the years that there was, I think, some issues with that management at the time. I just don't think the, that management team got Steps. No. And they've said that when they met Fascination, they got who Steps were. 2012, their music industry didn't really know how to treat legacy acts like Steps like we do now. If you think about now, you've got Sugar Babes, Girls Allowed to Back, Steps, Bewitched. Like, we know how to treat that era of music now. We kind of didn't know how to do it. The only bands that were successful really in a comeback by that point were Take That. And if you look at this song, this song is very reminiscent of a Take That track of that. What was that? Patience. Um, Rule the World, oh, yeah. Patience. Like It's kind of sim, like it's similar in its structure or it's that same sort of vibe, I guess. So I think bad management. Um, also, I think it was that okay, we've done a reunion tour. This is an easy next kind of thing to do, uh, I guess. But I I always say that any artist that does an, an, a Christmas album, you have to earn the right to do one firstly. And I'm not, and I'd probably say at that point, we all knew as fans, Steps were capable of way more. We knew that they had a tears on the dance floor in them. We knew they had a what the future holds, what the future holds part two. We knew they they could be what they now are today. Uh, and I just feel that this was just a lazy idea brought to the table and gone, sure, let's just do that because what else are we going to do? They just didn't have, fundamentally, they didn't have the right people behind them to actually guide them and the industry wasn't ready by that at that point to treat 
artist-like steps and know what to do with them like we do now. So as the song itself, I actually don't hate the song, but it just, I can take it or leave it. It's at the time I wasn't that, I probably wasn't really invested as much as I am now in steps back then. I, I It came out cool. Yeah, it's a great song. Didn't really pay much attention. I didn't even buy the album for years. Like I, I wasn't, I think I bought it on iTunes, but I didn't, you know, I wasn't really here for it because I just knew that this, they can do better than this. And they've admitted that I think in so many words years down the line. Scott, you've articulated that perfectly. And that's exactly, I I agree with everything you said there. 110%. I, yeah, it, it, the crux of the problem here is their management leading them down the garden path telling them, yeah, Christmas stuff, it'll make you money. You know what I mean? And they made money at their ultimate tour and the, you know, the ultimate collection and that sort of stuff. And that's good. And there was um, appetite for steps, but the appetite wasn't for Christmas stuff. And that's where it was misjudged by their management. And they were also, as steps were stepping back into the music industry, which had changed a lot in the 10 years since they had split up and were also unsure about, what the appetite and the audience wanted as well. Like they know their audience for the most part, but they're like, oh, well, this is our first time back. Do we know our audience? Do they still want to see us? Do you know what I mean? So they, they needed to be guided correctly and they were not guided correctly. I also think, slightly controversial opinion, I think that this is also Light of the World and the album to follow. This is the kind of music that Steps themselves like. Because we know Lee likes the song. We know Claire's My Wildest Dreams was similar. And even in the EPK, I think this is the album that maybe they didn't know the fans wanted. But because they weren't sure what the fans were after in 2012, they were like, okay, what would we want to listen to? Maybe Claire and Lee in particular. And they went, okay, let's go down this adult contemporary route. See how that goes. And and actually, Brad, you raised something, another point that I... Was I'll, I'd forgotten about that I want, I know I wanted to say when we talked about doing this is during this era, H was younger than I am now. Or he was my, I'm 30, I'm nearly 37. He was my age. Claire was in her late 30s. They were all around sort of that mid to late 30s. But they, I remember at the time, they were, they, the way that they were styled, they just looked older like if you actually look at the imagery of this era they look about Mm. 10 years 20 years older than they do now like it it's almost like just no one knew what to do with them and they were put in this box of being this old band and maybe they were like Mm. pushed to go well this is what you have to do now because you are of a certain age and i'm like this is nuts like you're my age now like and i want what the future holds and scared of the darks and some, something in your eyes. You know what I mean? We want, we want what steps are about. Um, so yeah, I definitely feel that they were. And all down to a management yeah. no, who didn't, didn't get, get steps. Didn't get so look, let's, let's yeah. then dive into the album. Cause I feel like there's a lot to say. So following the single, the album of the same name, light up the world was released on the 12th of November, 2012. It debuted and peaked at number 31 on the UK albums chart being the first album of newly recorded material since buzz 12 years prior in October, 2000. 
Released independently via Steps Recordings with distribution via Warner Music, it's a 10-track album of Winter Warmers, quote-unquote, with covers from artists including Barry White, Burt Bacharach, and Stevie Wonder. The album, uh, notably, was produced by Stephen Lipson, who actually produced, just a fun fact for you, Don't Stop Moving by S Club 7, and has most recently worked with Billie Eilish. This album had varied reviews, primarily centred around its divergence from Step's earlier works, raising concerns about potential alienation of the group's fan base, critics and fans, i.e. us, did question this decision to go down the path of releasing a quote-unquote Winter Warmers covers album as it felt like this was the polar opposite of what Steps were and are about. This album is mostly always erased in the band's history, and when asked about the album in an interview with Pop Justice in 2017, while promoting Tears on the Dance Floor, Lisa said, Ooh, um... I think this new one is very different. (laughs) This is the album we all wanted to make, and I think it's the album fans have been waiting for too. The main thing I want to put out is that we're very proud of this one. That's in reference to Tiffs on the Dance Floor. After the success of the Ultimate Tour and Reunion, this project definitely felt like a bit of a misstep, which could be put down at poor management, as we've said at the time, something the group have noted in previous interviews when talking on this period. Shane, I think this is where I give you the floor to talk because (laughs) you've got lots of notes. So how do you feel? How do you feel about this album looking at it from a 2023 lens? I'm going to go back to 2011 and I'm going to talk about then versus now. And I remember being excited that New Steps Music was coming, be excited there was a new album as a fan and then obviously being slightly disappointed it was all Christmas, but going, you know what, I'll, I'm open to what it sounds like and, and, and the fact that these guys are back in my life. Um, it was a bit of a weird stage for me. I was living in a different city and rah, 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 lots of things going on. I was on the cusp of turning 30 and rah, rah, rah. So, you know, I remember getting the CD and giving it probably two or three listens and then going, okay. And then it just went in the cupboard and I've never seen it again since. I mean, I've still got it, but I haven't really listened to it again since. That's what I thought then. Listening to it sort of now with a 2023 ear and a older appreciation of steps and a further appreciation of steps, you know, after tears and what the future holds, one and two and, and, and everything that has come since then, since the 20th anniversary and, and so forth, I... I can't say it's my favourite album. Um, it's definitely not, but it is not a bad album. Um, it is vocally, it's sublime. Like it is absolutely beautiful to have on, and it is perfect for a cold winter's day while it's snowing outside. If you're pottering around the house getting Christmas lunch ready, it is perfect to have on in the background as beautiful background music. Their vocals are sub. Sublime is the word that I have to use. Their arrangement of vocals is perfection. I love that in the very first song, which is um, "History Has Is Made of Sorry History Is Made at Night," um, you hear a real prominent Lee. I love that. Like, can you just like? That's what I really liked listening to it again. You know, recently slash today is <laughs> is is I really appreciated the, things like that more with Lee's. And, and, and we've since seen that happen with, you know, 
tears and what the future and all that sort of stuff, you see him having more of a prominent vocal stance, and I think he's always should have had one. They sound, as a group, they sound like their harmonies are just absolutely perfection. Um, the production sounds are really schmick and top quality, um, and so, you know, it doesn't sound like it was done in someone's garage. It sounds of, of high quality. I said this already, but I'll say it again, that Light Up The World is the most steps-sounding song on the album out of all of them. I mean, because it's an original song. So um, it is, is of course, it's going to be, it's the stepsified version. And yeah, the remixes and the fact that it's first new music in 10, 12 years is great. My cons... <laughs> for it and I'm breaking it up in that way just to explain it but it doesn't mean you know it's a bad body of work it's just my opinion is it's it's a it's an album of Christmas songs basically I I'm happy to have an album of Christmas songs but back to what you just said there Brad is I want bops okay you know they talked about in episode five of on the road again about maybe doing covers of all I want for Christmas is you and then we spoke about Lisa doing that on the tour. Where was that? I want a stepsified version of that. That would have made me enjoy the album more, and I think commercially it would have been quite successful if we had um, a couple of really big commercial songs covered by Steps and Stepsified. Sorry to jump in, but look at Euphoria. Look how well Euphoria exactly, did. Exactly. Point. Point. Proven, right? Yeah, so, I, 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 you know, what about, like, it doesn't necessarily have to be All I Want for Christmas. It could have been, you know, um, Rocking Around the Christmas Tree or, you know, uh, fucking Jingle Bell Rock or something like that. I don't know. But there's a way that you could have had those quite prominent, famous Christmas songs that are a bit more lively and Steps, you know, would have covered them well. And that's basically all my notes are written there because I've kind of covered everything off and we've sort of spoken about you know, their management, not guiding them correctly and you know needed a few more commercial Christmas songs to make it a, a, a success. It is beautiful to have on in the background. It's a beautiful, soft, lovely album, but it's not my go-to if I want to listen to a Steps track. So I'll kind of follow a similar kind of train of thought, casting my mind back to 2011. I reckon I listened to the album in full once. And that was enough for me, partially because I don't like Christmas, partially because, um, and I'll talk about the bike production and all that kind of stuff later. It's not, to me, it's not a Steps album. It's an album that features Faye, Lee, Claire, H and Lisa, or I'd actually call them Ian on this one because it doesn't, there's no H, there's no hyperactiveness on it. It's an album of those five vocalists sounding very lovely. Listening back to it today, I was like, I get there's the same five singers. It's not Steps. This is not Steps. I needed and I wanted Steps to be braver. And watching Steps Reunion and On the Road Again, which I know this episode is not about that, but you got to, there's so much context and you see so much of their kind of... That's what led to this point, right? Like that, that all led to this album. You can't necessarily disconnect the two. And you could see that they kind of, they knew what it should, like some of them knew what it should sound like, but I think they were too scared to go fully all in. And and that's what this album sounds like. It sounds like it sounds lush and production wise, as Shane, you've just said, it sounds very well put together. But this is I think I'm gonna W in here, Scott. You said today um that this is maybe the album you'd want in twenty twenty three and no, never so for me. I will um sort of dissect what I meant when I said that is I said this earlier, I think that as anyone is going to do a Christmas album, you kind of have to 
earn your stripes a bit to do it. And if you're going to do it, you have to do it and be authentic to who you are as an artist. The best example of this, Shane, you mentioned a couple of tracks. The Girls Aloud Christmas EP that was that's part of the Chemistry album. If you haven't listened to that, I think it's on mm. streaming. They're, they've, they did covers of Jingle Bell Rock and Not Tonight Santa. I think that was an original song. But they're, they're fun. They're exactly who Girls Aloud are. Fun, cheeky, like outrageous lyrics. It's camp. It's Christmas, but it's who Girls Aloud are. I know, I'm sorry, we've only brought her up twice today in this episode. We get three times. Delta, listen to her Christmas album. It's authentic <laughs> to who she is. Mariah, it's authentic to who she is. Kelly Clarkson, like all these artists that have done them. So what I meant by that comment was that if you came to me today in 2023 and said Steps are doing a Christmas album, I would be like, I'm so here for it. Because I I would say that I would, I would be here for it now because they've earned that right. They've proved themselves. They've done all the hard work to really build themselves to be this incredible legacy UK pop act that that and that will remain for the for the end of to the end of time. So if they now wanted to go down the road of saying, "Hey, in a few years we're going to do a Christmas album, we're going to do one in 2023," I'd be here for it. But I probably would necessarily still expect more steps in it. Vocals, like Shane said, are incredible on this album, and it's something I didn't really notice until today when I listened to it. The prom Lee on this album, he it just shines. Yes. I've never heard his voice sound so incredibly rich and soulful. Um, same with all of them. Like it, it's in it's it is actually it's not a shit album. It's just not a steps album. It and that's I think that's. Well, I don't know how I'm trying to say it. I, I just, I would be here for a Christmas album in 2023, but it has to be more who steps are. And that is not this album. And Brad, I'm going to go to your point where you said it doesn't sound like steps. I think there's an element of what you're saying is true, but where it does sound like steps is the vocal harmonies. People forget that steps as a group, their vocal harmonies are quite fantastic and they sound amazing live when they when they harmonize together and sing together really well and i think because this was their first sort of body of work that was new outside of what they'd already recorded um first era i think and also you know a lot of um a lot of live acts had moved to singing live as opposed to miming late 90s steps wanted to probably show off their vocal prowess a little bit as well um with the harmonies a little bit more so I agree with you. It's not a Steps album. Both of you, I agree with you. It's not a Steps album at all. But where it is a Steps album is when they vocal harmonise. I think that's part of that, as you say, Shane's reaction to Steps reunion and all the backlash they got. They wanted to prove that they was they could sing. And they wanted to prove their worth. I do have one um, soft spot on the album. I freaking... Okay, maybe Love's not... Love's too strong. I quite enjoy History is Made at Night. I was actually going to say the same thing. If there was one song I was going to ask both of you, what are your, is there any standout tracks? That is definitely mine. That's probably the most actually step song, I guess, out of uh, excluding Light Up the World. It's a freaking, it's a camp choice of song as well. It's mm. a song from a TV show that wasn't that popular. 
that, you know, the gays on the pop justice forums would know and Steps took it and they, maybe they didn't popsify it, but as you say, Shane, they bought, they bought it up a level with their vocal arrangements, with that five-piece harmony, with, with Lee, I think Lee plays a really prominent role in that song. I think Lisa sounds amazing in it, like that song in the intervening years between um, the first reunion and Scared the Dark, that was the song I went back to. Final thoughts on the album before we move on to the tour that accompanied the album. Um, Tumbleweed. No. <laughs> Let's talk about the. Um, what do uh, track by track do when they don't like a song? Let's talk about the cover art, the amazing cover art. Well, actually, yeah. Let, let's talk about the cover art quickly. And like I said before, the, the like I said, they just have been aged like about 10 years, 20 years older than they are. When I actually remembered that they were my age, I was like, they just, uh, the styling is just, they look nice, but they just, I actually, this whole era, the whole reunion era, they were aged in terms of styling. That's another conversation for another episode, but I'm not the biggest fan of that entire era in terms of styling. I think it looks very 2011. You know, like, the stuff from the early days, it kind of suits it, but it's so 2011, 2012, and it's, it's so not good. 2011, it's so a product of its time. Like when you, when you, um, like I just jumped on a quick Google search just to to talk notes about the album, and obviously it's very festive with the snow in the background and keeps that. It's like a bronze logo, like mm. it's not gold. It's more that the logo is like a bronze tinged color and shiny and all that stuff. And Lisa's got a her her puffy dress, which is a what's that tulle, tulle, tulle or whatever they call it, that fabric. But it is very, very, uh, and they're all in white, wonderful. But it is very festive, <laughs> but very 2011 mature festive and. And so when you do a Google search, right, it brings up all stuff around that era. So you've got that other picture that they released of them all in the color, wearing different colors like yellow and pink and, and you know, green and all that sort of stuff. That photo is great. And I think that's them trying to make them look younger in that era. Um, and I don't know if it completely pulls it off. And then you've got promo shots of them. Remember they released that fragrance? And even just their styling and that, they look they look a bit older and mature and they are older and mature and they don't need to dress up in all yellow like they did in love's got a hold on my heart but you're right yeah it's very very serious steps is what it is serious steps so shane along with the album they did a little christmas tour tell us about it there was a little christmas tour um so the christmas with steps tour 
was announced at the same time as the Light Up the World album. There was a six theatre dates in December 2012, all back to back. It was the first tour with a live band and had an intermission as well. So mature steps were on stage. Have a little bathroom break, get yourself a glass of Prosecco. Bathroom break and a box of Maltesers. Maltesers. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) It featured performances of all the singles that didn't make the Ultimate Tour earlier in the year. So After the Love Is Gone, Say You'll Be Mine, Words Are Not Enough, I Know Him So Well, Baby Don't Dance, as well as the Abbey Road style version of Better Best Forgotten. And it also had a Q&A section as well. This tour wasn't professionally recorded, but lots of videos on YouTube. So you can search the the wider YouTube for that. Um, Boys, what are your thoughts on the tour? Uh, Okay, so the tour. I like, I think it was very, very smart of them. They'd left no stones unturned. They were like, what could anyone give us stick for? Not doing certain singles. We're going to do them all. Not having a live band, we're going to give them a live freaking band. We're going to have shows back to back to back, six nights in a row. It very much felt like this was quite likely at that time going to be the last hurrah. And that's kind of what makes me sad looking back on it, is that it felt like instead of steps going out on the top, like they had in 2001, they were petering out and they were kind of giving us everything so that we didn't get our hopes up for anything else. It's kind of, I mean, the videos are cute online and stuff, but... As you guys have both said earlier, we knew Steps could give us more. I'm glad we got to say that we could see Steps with a live band, but I think they've more than proven that Steve Anderson is a maestro and that's all you need to make a good show. I like the Q&A section. I thought that was cute. The Q&A section is good. Um, It gives a chance for fans to interact um, with the band without having to pay for a meet and greet. Um... (laughs) Uh, yeah, I mean, I look, I enjoy what I've seen of this online. A positive that I think from this tour was that we did get to see a lot of those tracks you listed before Shane sung live. I mean, Baby Don't Dance is such a deep cut in a lot of ways that the fact that they brought it out and performed it with a live band is incredible. And we spoke about it in, I think, the Step 125 episode. I love that rendition of Better, Best Forgotten that they did stripped back because the lyrics in that song are quite sad. So it definitely brought on a whole new meaning in that new arrangement that they did. And yeah, so I think in some ways, you know, we talked about this with Steve, I think, where we said we would love to see... Uh, sort of an orchestral version of Step. And, and in a way, this tour was kind of the elements of that were in this in this show. And it kind of showed of what they could do in the future with a real big live band and orchestra and, you know, at the Royal Albert Hall. This definitely shows that they are capable of doing something like that in the future. Uh it was. I think they were trying to do it as a way of showing that it was to get a little bit of a different feel, like you know, 
I think they were doing this to get a little, to show a little bit of a different side of the group and they wanted it to be a bit more intimate in theatres. So, you know, I think, look, it did the job in a way and I I think it was definitely more for the diehard fans, this tour. I don't think many casuals were kind of uh, snagging tickets to this one, but you know, if anyone went to that tour, slide into our DMs, tag us in photos. We'd love to, you know, did you go to the show? We'd love to know what it was like being in the theatres for this. They did kind of revisit this kind of performance style when they did those shows at, I think it was Leeds Student Union. So there was no band, but they definitely, you know, they like opportunities to, you know, show off their vocals and to do different versions of songs. And I think there's definitely room for that in whatever the band do next in terms of new interpretations, experimenting with, you know, uh, what did Kylie do? Um, the Abbey Road Sessions. No, no, before that, the, um, the gigs, the anti-tour, like an anti-show or like a YouTube show where they just kind of did, you know, songs that, you know, were fan faves in full. You know, I think... There's definitely something that the band themselves quite enjoy doing from the looks of it. It's just repurposing some of that in a more steps lens. Yeah, I agree with both of with what you've just said there. Um, and definitely, I think, Scott, you're on the money there. They were trying to show a different side of them. And they were trying to do that with the album as well and the single. Encouraged by management. And it was, uh, as one of the notes said earlier, a slight yeah. misstep, pun intended. So, so, some of the final mentions of this episode, Steps did record Dear Santa on their Tears on the Dance Floor, Crying at the Disco Deluxe Edition, which was uh, written by Una Healy for the aborted Christmas album from the Saturdays. Back I wish I'd known, said some things I should never say, should I have them instead? It's quite sweet. It's quite sweet. It's really nice. I mean, you know, I, I don't lump it in the same, all completely in the same way as um, Light Up the World because, you know, it's on tears and that so forth, but it, it does have that Christmas lens on it. So I don't, it's not my my go-to track when I first pick up the album, so to speak. Isn't there like a lyric where like Lisa's sing to a lover gone at sea or gone like, it feels... Oh, I don't know. I did listen to it I'm again gonna, today. I'm gonna Google the. I'm yeah. gonna Google the lyrics. Yeah, the lyrics seemed like just strange. There's something weird about them. Claire also, while Scott's googling wildly what the lyrics are, well, let's talk about Claire. Claire di- also did her own Christmas song, "My Heart Is Heading Home," which was released as a promo single for her "My Wildest Dreams" album as well. I like that one. Yes, and also a call out. Claire performed this on ITV's Christmas Carols. Uh, and the performance is absolutely gorgeous.
The lyrics to De Santa, what did you I say? Think it must be the I'll leave the candle burning bright so you can find your way to make this right. I don't know why it always. Uh, I'll leave a candle burning bright so you can find your way to make this right. All I want is my baby home more than you could ever know. And for some reason, I, could, I don't know, it's like a, someone off at war or something. I wonder if Una was writing that about Ben Foden at the time. Possibly when he was, <laughs> when he was playing away from home in more ways than one. But yes, that De Santa, just going back to that, that was written. Uh, I'm sure some Saturday fans will know that there was um, a lot of talk around a Christmas album coming out, but then the band just broke up instead or we never saw them again. But there was, I think one, I think it was after the greatest hits album. So I think I'm assuming that this track was for that project because obviously on fascination. So it was handed to steps and they did a good job. All right, boys, what are your podcast resolutions for 2024? I'll, I might start this one off. I want to do more interviews. I want to hopefully speak with people at Fascination. I'd love to speak with someone from Mushroom back in the day. I still have a little bug I want to pick about that whole promotional skeleton, uh, promotional schedule. Maybe someone from Jive Australia. I still want to kind of revisit that a little bit more. I know that some of the listeners really enjoyed that deep dive. And ideally, it would be amazing if, in a year's time, we would have maybe interviewed one of the steps. Just putting it out there, manifestation. I think, look, similar to you, Brad, definitely, like I said at the beginning of the episode, we definitely entered our interview era and we have so many people on our wish list that we want to, you know, talk to next year. We've got a couple that have already said yes. So um, look out the sort of first few months of the next year. There'll definitely be some amazing interviews coming up. I mean, of course, it would be, we're a Steps podcast, so it would be incredible if, you know, one of them wanted to come in and chat to us. That's something we will always be manifesting. I'm also looking forward to next year. It is the 25th anniversary of Steptacular. And I really, really, really loved doing that deep dive on Step 1. And I love doing the research for that episode. That's actually actually probably one of the other favorite episodes that we've done this year for me. So I'm excited to kind of do the deep dive on that next year. Uh, and yeah, I think, you know, just, just keep doing what we're doing and, you know, we're definitely, it's been such a journey this year with the pod and I think we're definitely super excited to continue it next year. Shane, what about you? Yeah. And the same as you boys as well. Um, I'm manifesting 24 seven, that will have a member of Steps. I'm looking forward to 25 years of Steptacular and talking more about that because, you know, I have prominent memories and that sort of stuff about that. And just, I'm excited to see, because we know that they're on a quiet run, you know, Steps have been quiet. They're doing their own thing, H's painting, all that jazz. But I'm excited to see if what other projects they will have themselves in 2024. And look, before we end the episode, I just want to say to everyone, honestly, thank you so much for the support this year. It has been beyond our wildest dreams. We honestly are so grateful for every download, every rated like, subscribe, all of the five stars you've given us, all the reviews. We truly appreciate it. Thank you so much for the support. And uh, yeah, we are going to be back bigger and bigger and better than ever in 2024. We are taking a break in January, but we'll be back in February. 
Before we round out the episode, let's do a few plugs. So Lee is appearing in Snow White at the Redditch Palace Theatre. Tickets are available at theredditchpalacetheatre.co.uk. Snow White plays from the 8th of December to 3rd of January. Faye is appearing as the Magical Mermaid in Peter Pan at the Bristol Hippodrome. Tickets are available at atgtickets.com from the 2nd to the 31st of December. H will be doing a voiceover for Elves Overboard as part of the Cowbridge Panto running from the 16th to the 24th of December. Tickets are available at cowbridgepanto.com. 5678 The Steps Experience is coming to a theatre near you in the UK. They have over 20 dates already announced for 2024, so grab your ticket at 5678.shop. Lanar.com, <laughs> shoplanar.com. Uh, we'll post the links in the in the in our post, and you can click from there. Or follow them in, follow them on Instagram at the five six seven eight show. That's our final episode for the year, boys, and everyone listening. So, as usual, give us a like, a rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast fix from. Um, so you can get us. You can follow us at Glitter Steps Pod on all the socials. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Stepmeister and on X um, at Stepmeister OZ. Scott, where can they follow you? Yeah, you can follow me at Steps Collection underscore on Instagram. And Brad, where can they follow you? If you want to light up my world, you can follow me at Brad Schmeling on Instagram. I'll be overjoyed. Thanks for listening, everyone, and uh, Merry Christmas. Have a Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas, everyone.